Creative Schools by Sir Ken Robinson. One sentence summary. Creative Schools reveals how fundamentally broken our formal education system really is and how we can change our perspective to teach children the competencies and things they actually need to navigate the modern world. My favorite quote from the author is Many schools are organized as they are because they always have been, not because they must be. Sir Ken Robinson I remember where I first saw Sir Ken Robinson's face. On the TED website. Do schools kill creativity is the most popular TED talk of all time with over 40 million views. The knighted professor emeritus from the University of Warwick has dedicated most of his life to transforming education, especially with, with respect to the arts. If you thought school was boring and feel it didn't prepare you too well for real life, then you and Ken Robinson will get along just fine. He's been criticizing the standardized testing machine we call school for years. In this book, he outlines how we can fundamentally shift our perspective to help shape schools that actually teach kids what they need to know. And don't think it's an effort in vain, even if you've long finished all sorts of schooling. We're all teachers at some point in our lives, and it's up to us to be the best ones we can be. Here are three lessons to show you where schools are, where they need to go, and how we can make it happen. 1. School is not designed to make you well-educated. It is designed to make you a useful, obedient worker. 2. When you're teaching someone, think of yourself as a gardener. 3. The most important things we can teach our children are curiosity, creativity and criticism. Ready to make school a better place for future students? Here's how a true teacher extraordinaire thinks we can do it. Creative Schools, Lesson 1 Schools aren't meant to make you better. They're designed to make you an obedient, productive employee. This answers the question, what's fundamentally wrong with the school system today? Have you ever thought about why schools are the way they are? What they were created for? When you dig deep into the books of the history of education, what you find isn't all too pretty. Before our Western formal school system was introduced, only few people were schooled. Usually, the sons and daughters of rich people would have private teachers to teach them in a variety of subjects like history, art, math, language, biology and music. Why the sudden change? Why have everyone learned these things? Well, because after the Industrial Revolution, people would need them to do their work. It's simple. To do highly standardized factory work, people would need highly standardized factory knowledge. So at the turn of the 19th to the 20th century, Western governments introduced mass education built around conformity and obedience, using the same linear processes that made factories so efficient. 100 years later, our kids still run through the same standardized test-infested machine to become cogs in the system when those cogs have long stopped being valuable. There's a reason Western schools do poorly in PISA studies, not least because PISA is standardized itself. And Finnish schools with only two hours worth of lessons a day are at the top of the scoreboard. Schools are not designed to make you smarter. Right now, they're designed to make you a productive employee who doesn't ask, 
too many questions. Creative schools lesson two. Try to think of yourself as a gardener when you want to teach someone something. This answers the question, if you need to get into a teacher's mindset, what's a good way to achieve that? Can you remember a time when everything was interesting? When you wanted to touch, feel, look at and explore the whole world? You might not remember it, but there was such a time. It was when you were four years old. And then you started going to school. All of a sudden, you had to do stuff. Not because it was fun, but because it was required. And you started disliking books, disliking the subjects, and you stopped exploring. If you didn't and you liked school, there was only one person responsible for this. Your teacher. Great teachers nurture the creativity and curiosity of kids. They expand it instead of nipping it in the bud by making their lessons boring. We all teach at times, whether to our kids, family, friends or actual classrooms. When we do, Ken Robinson suggests we think of ourselves as gardeners. We can't force our plants to grow, but we can feed their natural desire to do so. He says a good teacher will do four things. 1. Engage with children on their level to spark their curiosity. For example, relating math exercises to baseball, history to the local city and music to the genres the kids listen to. 2. Show his or her expectations to be a mentor to, to aspire to. 3. Use different means of teaching for different students. No two human beings are exactly alike. And 4. Bestow children with the confidence to handle whatever difficult tasks the world will throw at them. We're all teachers. Make sure you make whatever you teach worthwhile. Creative Schools Lesson 3 what our kids really need to develop are curiosity, creativity, and criticism. This answers the question, in what way can we change the school system to make our kids better equipped for the future? In today's world, kids don't need to remember facts or hard skills. They learn most of those during their careers. Anything beyond basic math and language understanding is rarely needed in real life. Instead of skills, Ken Robinson argues, we should teach our children competencies. What would you want your kid to learn? A few useless subjects or the attitudes that help it navigate life? The world is changing fast and there is no way to predict what subjects will be useful tomorrow. Some things, however, are timeless. Like these three. 1. Curiosity. The constant drive to pay attention to the world and ask questions about it. 2. Creativity. The ability to come up with new ideas to solve complex, interesting problems and implement them. 3. Criticism. The courage to question even the answers to their own questions, filter out facts from opinions and distinguish the signal from the noise. If we do nothing to be good parents but instill in our kids these traits, I'd say we'll have done a decent job. I'm sure Ken Robinson would agree. How about you? Here's what I learned from Creative Schools by Sir Ken Robinson. This book was a follow-up. I believe it's from, it's pretty recent. I believe it's from a year ago or two. So 2015 or, or around the time, I guess. Um, and basically it expands on the topics he already addressed in his TED Talk. And his TED Talk spends a lot of time 
Besides being hilariously funny, by the way, which I think is also part of why it's gotten so popular, it's sprinkled with jokes all along, and that makes it really engaging. But he spent a good deal of time in his TED Talk on the problems with the school system and on what's not working and, and recounting stories of situations where things haven't worked and and where things have worked out for the better in spite of that and, and how we can do a little more of that. But it was very much focused on the problem side. What I like about this book here, and I remember reading the summary on Blinkist and really feeling like, okay, this is getting more practical, right? Like where, Like what do we actually need to do? Because obviously he spent a lot of time thinking about that as well, not just what's the problem, but what's the solution. Um, and I like that it became really accessible with the last part, the three C's. Um, and I actually have a few ideas around that that I want to share with you. <clears throat> but to briefly get back, uh, there's more about, uh, to the beginning, to the problems, there's more about the system or who else has an interesting take on the whole industrialized uh, system and school and the cogs and the machine and everything and actually uses that expression a lot, cogs and the machine, is Seth Godin. And if you check out his book, Lynchpin, and I'm sure it's in plenty of his others, I haven't read all of his books, but in Lynchpin, he does a whole run through history where he explains, oh, yeah, that's why we have factories and then with the factories came the schools and then that's made the people obedient and then they went to the factories and they did really really well at being productive at doing the same thing over and over again so he has a really interesting historical snapshot of that as well if you want to learn more of that side because once you look into it it sort of starts to make sense and obviously there's like conspiracy theories and everything but it really it falls together well the part about uh, teaching and uh, thinking of yourself as a gardener i think there's a there's another garden or at least botanical uh, metaphor i want to throw in here which i use a lot is that in writing for example i write about different ideas at different times i write about opposite ideas at, at different times because sometimes i change my opinion right and sometimes it changes 180 degrees so it's a full turnaround and so one day I will tell you to wake up at 5 a.m. And then uh, six months later, I might tell you to take whatever sleep you need, right? And people might call me out on that and say, oh, like, how do you, what's going on, right? Like, how can you stand for two different opinions? But well, it's me at two different points in time, right? The reason I have no problem with that is that whoever, sometimes someone might really need to hear that they need to wake up at 5 a.m. And then that old article is really for them. And sometimes someone might need to hear that it doesn't matter when they wake up. And so the analogy I like to use is for writing and, and why it doesn't matter if you change and if your opinions change and all that, even though you keep publishing, is that you can only hope that whatever seeds you sow fall on fertile soil. So if the person isn't ready at the time he or she reads the article to hear that thing, they're not going to listen either way. So it doesn't matter if you talk about the same things online, if you publish articles on the same topic, or if you change your opinion wildly throughout the, the years and months, because there's always going to be someone who at some point needs that lesson. But people need to be ready, and you can't force people to be ready. You just can't hope that whatever you write and say and do at that time is going to resonate with them. 
So I think that's the same analogy, right? And it goes in the same direction. Again, his his uh, line was, we can't force our plants to grow, but we can feed their natural desire to do so. So that's a really cool... Um, it really helps be patient when you're trying to convince people to do stuff. Uh, last part, just real quick, the three C's. I really like it um, because it's very easy to remember. Curiosity, creativity, criticism. I mean, if you just have those three, that makes for a pretty... A pretty great worker, a pretty uh, great friend, uh, a pretty great husband, a pretty great artist, a pretty great... And if you think about it, the, the more aspects of life you think of, you'll see they're pretty useful in all of them. Um, and what I really... what I What's beautiful is that you don't need anything. You don't need any schooling to teach those, right? If you want your kids to be curious, just be curious about them, man, right? And like, if your kid comes and says, Dad, like, play Lego with me... You say, oh, awesome, let's do it. Let's see what we can build. Let's find out, right? Same thing with creativity. If your kid comes and like has a problem, you can come up with creative ways to solve it and help them. Um, same thing with criticism, obviously. If you're open to their criticism and when they say, like, that, that's stupid or you're stupid for doing that, instead of saying no and sort of shushing them, telling them to go to their room, just say, why do you think that is? And how did that come about? And blah, 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 blah. So these are all things that have nothing to do, that have everything to do with education at home and how you're raised and not so much to do with education at school um obviously great to practice in 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 life all the time uh, obviously very hard to to keep in mind but that's why the summary i think it's it's worth coming back to every couple months and just taking a, a quick look at it again same with the ted talk by the way i had a week where i watched it like three times um so check that out that that's like the greatest starting point to learn about sir ken robinson do schools kill creativity on ted ted.com check that out and yeah i hope you enjoyed this little uh, deep dive into the world of schools and schooling um send me an email with your opinions on it uh, i would love to hear them this is a really important topic to me nick at nick and i hope to hear you on the next summary see ya